welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Well, um, back in the 1980s, when I was a younger man, I was studying at university to be a teacher. Well, when I say university, to be precise, the, uh, it was a Karingai College of Advanced Education. A bit of a mouthful, I ended up becoming part of uh, University of Technology. And uh, at that time, I was part of an athletics team, I was part of a bigger team, and we went to Brisbane at one point for the Australian Intercollegiate Games. It was very exciting because they had built all these facilities for the upcoming Commonwealth Games. We weren't part of the Commonwealth Games, weren't quite that good, but they were using the facilities um, as a dress, we were using our, our meet, our games, as a dress rehearsal for the Commonwealth Games. So it was very exciting because we were in this brand new big athletic stadium, uh, our names up in lights on the scoreboard, all the officials are running around, you know, madly checking up on all the facilities, making it all work. And um, now we didn't have a really big team from our college. Uh, and so when it came to the uh, final athletics events, the, uh, the relay, you know, at the end of any athletics meet, they always have the relays. And we had three reasonably good fast uh, girl runners, but they didn't have a fourth. And so they came over to uh, our men's running team and they asked if we wanted to be part of something a little bit cheeky. And we had one of our guys, very happy to be part of it. He, uh, he was a big guy, he was about six foot two or three. He was a very fast runner. In fact, at the time, he was ranked fifth in Australia in the triple jump, which we were both competing in. And he won that event at these games. He was very good. Uh, and he was a real character, real larger than life kind of guy. So he said, oh, yeah, I'm up for this. So he got one of the skirts from the girls, managed to squeeze it on, and he hung around the marshalling area, not, trying not to draw too much attention to himself. The race started, and, you know, they, they go around the track, you know, four by 100 metres, and it's a 400-metre track. So our first three girls were doing their best. They were okay, but at the, the top of the straight, and he came in, they were in last place. And uh, the crowd watched... And at the, as they watched right at the top of the straight, they saw this uh, striking, stunning, shocking sight of a huge, hairy, ugly woman striding through the pack, bursting past all the other runners and running over the finish line in first place. And of course, we just loved it and our little team we were laughing our heads off. The crowd were all shocked and then they kind of looked realised what had happened and we saw us all laughing and realised that's not really a woman. Yeah, oh, wow, okay, it's a bloke. And everyone seemed to laugh except the officials. They were far from impressed and they, I remember seeing them running around after him because he was doing a pretend victory lap all around the, the athletic stadium. It was very naughty, very bad. And uh, they finally tracked him down, took the baton off him and evicted him from the stadium. And, um, you know... Uh, it looked like a great win uh, for our team. Uh, but, of course, we were disqualified uh, because although my mate had crossed the line in first place, he was running the wrong race. 
And so that's analogous of how some people are living their lives, sadly. Uh, some people are striding ahead in life, achieving great things, winning and feeling successful, except they're actually running the wrong race. They're, they're not on the right track, so to speak. They're not following the best direction that exists for their life. And so I want to talk this morning about faith and your future, because it's great to have a vision for the future. It's good to set goals for the future and to work hard at achieving them. But the trap we can easily fall into is to dream and envisage and plan and set goals without faith, without seeking God, without submitting to God, without finding out what his plan is for our life. And so you can run off into the future only to find out later on that somewhere back there you, you went off course, that you, you weren't actually running the race that God had intended for you. And as you cross the finish line, you can cheer yourself on for all your achievements, but you'll be disappointed if you find out, oh, I, I missed it, I, I, I ran the wrong race. And so we must avoid this, and we can avoid this, because God does have a plan for us, a great race for each of us to run. And we can discover that by following him with faith. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 in the Bible lists a, a whole bunch of people who lived by faith, people that we can read more details of their lives in the Old Testament. And uh, they were happy for their life to be in God's hands, for their future to be in the hands of God. And they just walked step by step into that future by faith. And sometimes their, their lives weren't uh, exactly rosy. Uh, it might not have been the goals that they had intended and planned for their own lives, but they kept their faith in God in intact, even when things didn't go their way, it seemed. But of course, once they get to heaven, it all makes sense. They're receiving rewards. The pain that they might have had in life down here on earth is paling into insignificance. Um, and so we read about them in Hebrews 11. And then straight after that, we read the beginning of chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews, reference to them. And so I want to read for you in uh, Hebrews 12, the first couple of verses. It says, Therefore, referring to those people, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, that's the heroes of faith we just read about, let us then strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I want you to notice a few things from that passage, five things exactly. Uh, firstly, that we can learn from people of faith, people who have gone before us and they've lived by faith. They've followed God. As I said, they've followed God into the future by faith, not always knowing what's going to happen, but knowing God who does know what's going to happen. And uh, we can learn from people in the Bible, like these ones that were listed and mentioned. We can learn from other people who followed the Lord in history. I love reading biographies, great men and women of faith, great reading material that you can get a hold of. 
especially these days with you know Kindle and electronic books that are cheap to buy. And of course, we can learn from people around us and who have gone before us. Hopefully, there are people in your life, just older brothers and sisters in the Lord or spiritual mentors and fathers and mothers for us who we can see further down the track how they've followed the Lord, how their faith has led them through life. We should learn from them. Secondly, it says that we need to deal with sin and stuff that holds us back, that hinders us, that slows us down from effectively living this life of faith. I'm getting excited. Do you mind if I take this off? It's getting a little bit hot, a little bit warm. There. Oh, good. All right. Now, getting, like I said, it's very exciting stuff. And so uh, we've got to deal with sin. And then thirdly, it says we must run with endurance in our lives. And, you know, you've heard it said before, life isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. And that is so true. And look, I've run both physically. You know, when I was younger, like I said, I was running uh, shorter, faster running races. And it was exciting and it's fun, but it's kind of easy. You just have a little bit of natural ability and you train a bit, but the training doesn't make a big difference. It's, it's all over pretty quickly. Uh, you've either got it or you haven't and you're not that tired you just have a go and hopefully win the race or do your best and it's all over but a marathon that's hard yakka you've got to train for it it's hard work you've got to you know just uh, put up with the pain there's endurance required tenacity resilience and determination to overcome the the pain that does come especially with only like 5, 10 kilometres to go of a 42-kilometre run, your legs are screaming, what are we doing? Why are you doing this? Can we stop? No, keep going. Uh, you know, and so that is, that's very much more the, the, the life of faith, that we do need faith uh, to run with endurance right through to the finish line, continually, consistently following the Lord. And, uh, and we can tap into that. We can build our faith and be strong, just like a marathon runner training for their race. And then fourthly, it says um, that we have a race and it's one that God has set before us. So this is the whole issue of God's plan. Uh, and there's many other verses and promises in the scripture that talk about this, that God has a plan for us. And what it leads us to understand when you read through the scriptures is that God's plan is a good one that he has the perfect plan for your life that he loves you that he knows what's best for you now it's very important we understand that this doesn't mean oh god's plan my plan one or the other <sighs> okay that we sort of just lose our personality that we dutifully just resign ourselves to this all-knowing plan that god brings to us and it's, it's sort of like some controlling demanding commanding impersonal figurehead up there there's a relationship that we build with God his plan links in with our desires not all our desires are bad we sift through them and the Bible says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart wow so so we work through that and he's happy for us to have desires. And of course, we use our own thinking, mind, wisdom. We listen and learn from other people. We pray, we read the scriptures and learn principles for life. So there's a whole interplay of different things for us to discover the plan God has for us. We just have to be flexible and not be afraid of words like submission 
or surrender because we rankle with that. It's like, I want to do it my way. And of course, he can go ahead and do it your way. And your blueprint that he gives us and we just robotically follow it. There's this wonderful relationship. We work together with the Lord to discover and you don't have to be paranoid about every decision you make. You know, oh, will I order a coffee or a tea? Oh no, what would God think? What's his will? He trusts us. He works with us. He works in us, yeah? And so it's a wonderful journey of discovery to walk in God's plan, to walk with faith with God, in, in God and in his plan and listening to him along the way. But fifthly, notice this. Here's the key. We're told in this passage how to do this, how to live by faith, how to follow and this plan, how to run this race. And look at verse 2. We do this, we run the race, we, we follow God by faith by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith or the author of our faith, your version might say. And so this is the key. We are called to a life that focuses on Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. That's the key to a successful life. A life that is all about walking with him, talking with him. And, and as we do, we discover that life is more about a relationship with Jesus than anything else. That's the, the, the key, the, the essence of the foundation of, of a great life and a great future. And we find that when we focus on Jesus, put our faith in Jesus, it'll keep us flexible, flexible about the stuff that happens in life. So again, as we're looking to the future, rather than having a rigid, predetermined set of goals that I must achieve because I figured it out and this is what the self-help book said or that seminar told me or what I've really learned to figure out that I've got to fulfill this page of this list of requirements or whatever, we find that we're actually living better by just keeping in check with what God is saying, what God is doing, what he's speaking to us about when we read the word, when we walk with him, when we pray to him and talk with him. And, and you know, in, it's interesting, the benefits of setting goals aren't always as clear as we may think. It's not as, as obvious as, as people have made out. For example, have you heard of the famous Yale Goal Study? which has been referred to by a number of writers in the self-help um, personal development fields. And um, they've reported that way back, and you may have heard this, in 1953, a team of researchers interviewed graduating students from Yale University in the United States. They asked the students whether they had written down the specific goals that they wanted to achieve in life. And then 20 years later, the researchers tracked down the same students and they found that the three who had specific goals all those years, all those years you know, before, had now accumulated more personal wealth than the, sorry, three, when I said three, uh, the three, 3%. They had 3% of these people. They had set specific goals and they found that they had accumulated more wealth, those 3%, than the 97% of their classmates combined. And so, um, as I said, this story, it's a great story and it's frequently cited in, in seminars and books to illustrate the power of goal setting. The only problem is, it's not true. Uh, the experiment never took place. 
I read about this. Uh, in 2007, a researcher named Lawrence Tabak attempted to track down the study because he had heard about it and was doing research himself and he, co he, he contact, contacted several writers who had cited it and he found that they were citing someone else. They had only referred to someone else. They didn't have the, the actual uh, original source material. So then he contacted Yale University and they found that um, the researchers there knew nothing about it. Uh, they had no records, even way back, because they kept good records for the 1950s. And um, other researchers had also, he found, tried to confirm the existence of the data, but hadn't been able to do so, but had sort of let it go through to the keeper. So it kept getting quoted, but all his research came up blank. No one could find any evidence <laughs> that this study had ever taken place. It just became an urban myth, and one that, that for decades people had been happy to quote, because it suited that narrative without checking the facts it just oh your goal setting's really good because and then people always think yeah look at that great it's 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 proven well that tells me two things you should always check your sources um especially these days with the internet and conspiracy theories and 5g network and you know whatever's going on um have you seen steve jobs his famous last words they're not his last words that's been floating around the internet for years all kinds of stuff like that um and so you've got to really stop and think and be discerning. Some Christian material that's flying out there is sometimes a little uh, shaky. And also it tells me that life is a lot more complex and difficult and messy and full of mystery than we would like, than just simply setting goals and then going out and achieving them simply. It, 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 life often doesn't work out the way we planned. And that's okay because we have faith not in the plan or our goals or ourselves, but in the Lord. And therefore, our future will be okay because we're keeping a flexible, faith-filled attitude as we step into the future. And so we need to be able to cope with the unexpected. As that saying goes, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. And uh, Robert Burns, the Scottish poet who wrote that I don't know if he had seen mice making plans and failing at seeing them achieved but he certainly had observed men and perhaps women uh, setting goals and then not seeing them fulfilled and so that was his reflection and for example 2020 how many people had plans it's a catchy term a lot of people 2020 you know perhaps back in the year 2000 or 2010 people set a 10 or a 20 year plan by the year 2020 or this year it's what you're going to do this this and this and then who would have thought we're in crisis mode, recovery mode. And, uh, you know, the Bible says, Proverbs 16, verse 9, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And uh, even Paul, the apostle, as close as he was to fine tuning what God's will is for his life, you read, he'll say, well, we were going to do this if the Lord wills. Or we were hoping to do that, but it turned out we, we couldn't quite get there. We had to go this way. And so he had to have a flexible faith in his missionary journeys. And so, uh, you know, life, life, is, life is difficult sometimes. And uh, we, need to, um, we need to be able to cope with the disruptions and, uh, and the disappointments that come. Uh, let me come to a close. Uh, I just want to mention uh, Ruth and I were on a fantastic meeting the other day on Zoom with Pastor Mike Connell, who was actually in New Zealand 
had a few pastors uh, downloading his wonderful input. He's a wonderful Bible teacher. And he was unpacking the teaching that Jesus gives us in Matthew 7 about the wise and foolish builders. And Jesus refers to someone building on sand as opposed to building a house on a rock as a foundation. Um, and of course, he, he pointed out that the houses could look the same. They can both be apparently uh, impressive and successfully built and uh, you wouldn't know the difference until the storm comes and it talks about the waves and the wind and the floods hitting and then of course the foundations are tested and then the one that's on the sand falls down. And so he made the point that you know 2020 has been a year of storms, a lot of turmoil and testing that's gone on but it's good for us because we need to check our foundations of our life. What am I building on? And as I look into the future, what sort of hope or confidence do I have about my future? Is my foundation just my own self-made plans? That sounds a little sandy, <laughs> a little shaky to me. But of course, this, the passage that uh, Jesus uh, is referring, is, is talking to us in Matthew 7, he says you need to build your house on the rock, which is of course Jesus and his words. And so, uh, you know, Mike Connell made the point that if, if we're just building on our own, the foundations are weak, we'll, uh, uh, they'll be proven to be weak eventually with a storm time, a, a time of turmoil, and things will come crashing down. But we can have foundations that are solid, and that is our faith in God that builds on Jesus, on his word, and on our relationship with him. Yeah? And so let's... Let's build for ourselves a secure future, an eternal future, uh, by, by dreaming with God. Certainly set goals and dream and have vision and plans, but let's make sure we do it with the Lord, listening to him, submitting to him, not racing ahead of him. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain, those who build it. And so let's not labor in vain, yeah? Come on, you have a great life in front of you, even if... You're not a young spring chicken. Certainly, you've got years and decades. Go for your life. But even if you're not that young, there's still many more things to do and, and dreams to be dreamt and prayers to pray and plans to be achieved in the Lord. Yeah, that's the challenge. So we need to let his thoughts and values and plans fill our mind and our thoughts and our heart and our prayers. And above all else, let's get a future that is the result of, a, of an ever-deepening relationship with the Lord Jesus. Amen? Come on, because he's going to be there for you. Jesus will be there in the future. When the plans don't work out, when the goals weren't so neatly achieved as you would have liked, when things go crazy and life gets messy and problematic and painful, then Jesus is going to be there and he's going to help you navigate your way into whatever the future may hold. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. There is power.